welcome back to the European show. This is episode six now, and again, the Champions League is back for game week two. And we're also going to go back to being weird and only looking at the Tuesday games now. And then we'll do the Wednesday games next week. And to join me in doing so is Nick. So welcome back, Nick. How are you? Thank you, Jack. Uh, I'm doing quite well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, so we'll obviously first start with the main game in the Champions League, which was um, Napoli versus Real Madrid. Obviously, Real Madrid of Real Madrid, Napoli are the defending champions in Italy. And this was kind of, in a way, a bit of an exciting affair. As Napoli, it was kind of back and forth, in a way. Um, Napoli took the lead, then Real Madrid equalised to Vinicius, and then Bellingham once again scored to give Real Madrid the lead and then Napoli equalised from a penalty and then Real Madrid won from a good effort by Fede Valverde before it was given as an own goal to Napoli's goalie. So the main thing is that this is the second time now that Real Madrid have won in a bit of a hairy manner. Obviously last time against Union Berlin they needed a late winner from Jude Bellingham this time around, they got it done, but only just. Yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, their attacking was basically Bellingham doing everything. The, the first goal was him, uh, was his good high press, regaining the ball, and then he he slots it through to uh, to Vinicius, who does finish very cleanly. And and the second goal is just marvelous. He, on his own, unlocks the entire Napoli defense, uh, and then just puts in the back of the net. The goalkeeper just watches it go past him because it's it's just not he's just not close to it uh and and so it really is just him uh people were like yeah yeah he only scores tappins i mean yes he would score tappins before but at the end of the day like he was still creating a lot and he was still the one driving the ball up the pitch always um and then we saw it in his second goal like he is also capable of of scoring more uh technically difficult goals but the main point being he is the one that takes the ball up the pitch he's the one who creates the danger he is the danger. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, right now, the Real Madrid midfield is a little bit all over the place in the sense that um, there's a lot of new faces and young faces um, and, and they kind of struggle to, without, with, with the exception of Bellingham, to be cohesive and, and to create a lot. And, um, and, and Napoli, who aren't on the best run of form, were, were able to, to, make, to take a good advantage of that. And that Ancelotti really has to sort out and put in some structure in his midfield, which is, I guess, a bit of a scary word for him. But uh, but he does have to sort things out over there. Um, so that does leave Real Madrid top of this group as they both as they've won both of their games. But Napoli sit in second because in the other group game, Braga came from behind to beat Union Berlin three two. This is again for Union Berlin very unlucky because they've had this is the second time now in the second Champions League game where they've lost due to a 94th minute winner. Last time it was Bellingham against, with a, in a way, a lucky goal against, again, against Real Madrid. This time, Union had a comfortable 2-0 lead. But then they just kind of threw, first it was 2-1 just before half-time. And then after half-time, Braga really like stepped it up and continued to push Union and it's kind of um, they succumbed both of 
No, uh, Braga's second goals or two goals to win the game were very, were very good. Like, there's not really a lot you could do to stop them, but it just kind of shows you that maybe Union have other issues at hand at the moment because it now means they're six games without a win, which is very like un Union Berlin of them, <clears throat> and so it's entirely possible. Uh, well, the issue we have here is now Union have lost two games in the dining moments. They could have hypothetically had four points now, but this loss to Braga is now the big difference between them qualifying for the Europa League and them being knocked out at the group stages. And it may be a case as well that this could be Union have taken that step a bit too far and they've now gone to a point that they can't actually deal with it. Um, and and you're seeing that here now, that they're finally, they've met their match. They can't really go further than the Europa League, which is fine, obviously. No team, not every team aims to win the Champions League. Um, but this may have been that one step too far for Union, and they're really facing that now. I, I mean, to be fair to Union, um, they've looked good for a lot of both of the games that they eventually ended up losing against Real Madrid they did on occasion have them against the ropes when they would go out more aggressively and they looked defensively solid and it was really just the dying minutes that they um, that they lost their concentration fuck um and similar in this game the the first half hour they what they scored two goals and um and they looked capable of of going on to win it um, but it's. I think it's an experience thing. I. I mean. I. Th- I think give it. Give it some time. This season probably isn't their season, and they're going to tumble down back to a Europe League or maybe even just get completely knocked out. But. Um, but I don't see this as a terribly bad, Champions League outing from from Union Berlin. At least not for now. They've. They've looked good, and I, I think next year if they can get into into these spots again, uh, and and they like shore up on, on their defense, improve their concentration, get they'll have more experience. Um, they can have a better run next year, I think. Obviously, what's, what's great about this is Union aren't playing at their actual stadium. They're playing at the Olympia Stadion. And in this current senior season, Hertha Berlin are not only in the second division, they're struggling at the bottom of the second division. So there's nothing worse than seeing your rival, really, not only like doing so much better than you and in a position that you realistically should be in but they're doing it in your stadium as well <laughs> which was sold out as well and so the Olympia Stadion is quite a big stadium and it was able to sell out I think at least two times Union Berlin's current stadium and the other I would say eventful Champions League games from Tuesday was Manchester United against Galatasaray Obviously, Manchester United at this current moment are a bit of a mess, and it continued to be that case here as well, as they took the lead, um, and you think, okay, maybe they've turned a corner. Then former Manchester United player Wilfred Zaha equalises, and then it gets half time, and then in the second half, Manchester United take the lead again, and you're thinking, okay, they're turning the corner. You know, it's a bit of a blip. Then a couple of minutes later, Galatasaray equal equalise again. And then this is where it gets a bit crazy as Casemiro gets sent off for challenge on Juice Mertens. Icardi steps up to take the penalty, 
misses it before then a massive like mix-up in the Manchester United defence leaves all this space for Riccardi to run into to chip Onana and make it 3-2 and mean Galatasaray win the game at Old Trafford which you would think if in the matchup between these two teams you could bet your money that Galatasaray would more likely win in Turkey um, but no they've, they've won at Old Trafford and so it kind of shows you not only is this game or is this group completely wide open but it also shows you that Manchester United may not even qualify for the Europa League depending on how they go against Copenhagen yeah I mean honestly I guess it's a similar case to Union Berlin but you wouldn't expect it from a team like Man United they looked they looked pretty good in, in this game against Galatasaray obviously they should be winning it easily because you know they're Man United and they've spent like hundreds of millions on their players um, even though I guess most most of them are not allowed to play, but uh, e- e- either way, um, Man United looked pretty good, especially in the second half. Um, Holland was fantastic, really stellar, and um, they they almost went ahead more than one time. Except, um, I mean, they did go ahead, but they almost scored more because just Holland was occasionally offside uh, a few times, and then there was some some good goalkeeping, some bad finishing um, until. I believe it was around the 75th minute, and then Casemiro just decides to chop down Mertens, um, because to be fair, Mertens was through on goal. Um, but then, so, obviously, Casemiro gets red-carded. Icardi, who has a habit of somehow fluffing penalties this season, um, once again fluffed the penalty, sends it wide of the post, and everyone's like, oh, okay, um, that, that, that's Galatasaray's biggest chance, they've been against the ropes this whole half, they, they're done. Uh, but Casemiro was off the pitch, and he was basically the one um, just drowning out the Galatasaray midfield and literally almost a few plays later um, there's a, a headed clearance from the Galatasaray defence bounces over where Casemiro would have been standing except he obviously wasn't um, lands at I believe Icardi's feet and he just runs through scores equalises and uh, again a few minutes later um, just uh, taking advantage of their momentum Galatasaray scored the winning goal of 3-2 and after that they were just all over Man United. They, they could have scored one or two more, um, but they they just didn't, just quite didn't. But uh, it was a really stupid way to throw the game away, really, uh, because because even if Casemiro hadn't chopped down, for example, Mertens, and Mertens had, for example, scored, they they could have still um, come away with a good result, because they would have the players to either hold the draw. Uh, which isn't an amazing result, or get another win because they would have the composure and they would have they'd be able to regain the attack, but 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 they didn't, and so it was it was that moment that really changed the game and and screwed it for for United, and uh, it also didn't help that uh, that Anana's confidence is not fantastic, uh, and uh, well Casemiro did have to clump on Mertens because of Anana's horrendous pass. He's meant to be a ball playing goalkeeper, but that was not a ball very well played. And he basically just gave it straight to Mertens. And then, yeah, he's, he's just not been having a great time. Um, so this result does leave Manchester United bottom of the group. Um, with just Copenhagen, Jubilee, Galatasaray last weekend. And obviously the next two games are against Copenhagen. And so if Manchester United fail to win one of these, it's not going to look good ahead of games away at Galatasaray and against Bayern Munich. So what happened in the other game is that we've seen that Copenhagen are not the whipping boys of this group either they 
confidently went toe-to-toe with Bayern Munich for most of the game. They even took the lead. Um, If it wasn't for Jamal Musiala and Matthias Tell both scoring, um, Bayern wouldn't have obviously won this game. They ended up winning 2-1. And what you're noticing with Bayern is they are not convincing in any way at all. You could argue they have one of the best strikers in the world. And they're still so unconvincing when they're in every single way that it's becoming a bit of an issue. Um, because this is several times now that Bayern have had to rely on Matthias Tell to come on and and save Bayern Munich. And he did it here. He's done it several times already this season. And without him, Bayern Munich would be in a lot worse situation, not only in the Champions League, but also in the league. And Thomas Tuchel's job wouldn't be looking as secure as it, as it is. And yeah, I, people could say that they signed Harry Kane so that automatically makes them favourites for the Champions League. But you see the way that they play week in, week out. It's so Defensively, they are so unconvincing. Um, they spent all this money on Kim Min-jae. He hasn't actually been that good. Uh, Upa Meccano, as we know, is Upa Meccano. So he doesn't always perform at his best and he's quite prone to errors um delict has fallen out of favor and then obviously in midfield the same issues occur with joshua kimmich and leon goretzka so it's consistently things are, are not looking good for Bayern. and i when they play against a competent good team which looking at the other teams in the champions league it's quite hard to pinpoint one that is not called manchester city they're going to get exposed because we'll get onto it later on because that's already happening in the in the league. So Bayern's next game is against Galatasaray. We've seen the issues that Galatasaray can cause. So it will be interesting to know if Bayern can deal with this because, as we said, Galatasaray no mugs. We've seen this against Manchester United, a team that Bayern Munich only narrowly beat. So I wouldn't be surprised if Bayern end up even drawing against Galatasaray. So, then a brief roundup of the other groups. Um, Lons, in their first game back in the Champions League at home for over 20 years, they, they come from behind to beat Arsenal 2 1. The second goal, or the first goal for Lons, was very impressive. Um, while the other two goals, Lons' winner as well as Arsenal's, both came from defensive mistakes. And so Lons go top of this group, Arsenal stay second. And because of throwing away a lead, Sevilla are currently sitting third in this group after drawing 2-2 against Eindhoven or PSV. They took the lead. They then relinquished the lead from a penalty. They then took the lead again. In the 80th minute, 88th minute. Before then throwing away the lead again. And it currently leaves them third in this group after two games played. I I think this behaviour needs to be genuinely investigated. There's no way you score a winning goal in the 88th minute. And then you proceed to draw the game because you suspiciously finished third. There's no way they're going to go, drop down to Europa League again. It's I, I don't know how it happens. I don't know how they always do it. But it's going to happen again this year. It's it's insane. It, it, it just doesn't make sense. But it is probably one of the funniest phenomenons in European football. It, and, and it's completely possible that come match day five... They still sit thirds because they could 
Lons are playing Eindhoven. Lons win both of those games. They lose and Sevilla lose both of their games to Arsenal. Then they're sitting in third, and then they just need to beat Eindhoven, and then they qualify for the Europa League. Um, so it's entirely possible that come the new year we'll be talking about Sevilla in the Europa League again, and with the unless certain teams get demoted to the Europa League without a lot of competition against them to go for it again. Um, even though, as we've say, seen, they're quite terrible at the moment. Um, and then the final group saw Inter comfortably beat... Well, not comfortably, they beat Benfica 1-0. They probably should have scored more than one. At the end of the day, they still won, so it doesn't really matter. And then Real Sociedad beat Salzburg 2-0, and so that currently leaves them top of the group um, ahead of Inter. So now we will have our break, and then we'll be back with the Bundesliga. Welcome back. We will now look at the Bundesliga, where we obviously had one of the marquee games of the season, RB Leipzig versus Bayern Munich. Obviously, they played each other earlier on in the season in the Super Cup, and RB Leipzig absolutely destroyed Bayern. And it nearly happened again. This time, though, Bayern were able to turn it around and come from behind to draw 2-2. But for the majority of the first half, Bayern were a bit on the ropes and got a bit lucky with the fact that Leipzig weren't able to take the chances because Sven Ulreich had a terrible game. Obviously, Bayern's goalkeeping issue is becoming more prevalent day by day. And obviously, Manuel Neuer is reportedly meant to come back soon. So this issue may be amended. But obviously, it's the fact that Manuel Neuer will not be the Manuel Neuer he was before he broke his leg. And we could be in a position where Manuel Neuer is only fractionally better than Sven Ulreich now. Bayern were once again unimpressive. Leipzig really showed that they are going to be up there fighting against Bayern come the latter end of the season. Um, Kane scored a penalty. Leo Sane, who is Bayern's best player at the moment, equalised. And that's a bit it. That's about it, really. Not really a lot happened that you can take away from this. Because it just shows, again, the stuff I mentioned before, and Bayern Munich are being exposed in a way against teams that are the same quality as them. And it just shows you that Bayern, then in a way, the win last season was a bit, was luck, you know. Against any other team that's not called Borussia Dortmund, that actually has some bottle, um, Bayern don't walk away champions in the final day of the season. So yeah, it's... Issues are arising at Bayern. Their attack, despite having one of the best strikers in the world, is not impressive. The defence is equally unimpressive. I thought it was um, quite, I guess, funny that uh, Kim and Jay and Upamecano, between them in that game, had a combined 220 passes, which is nuts. I mean, having ball-playing defenders is great and all, but that's that's too much. That 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 That's not your defenders, you know, being on the ball and distributing a lot. That's you not knowing how to build your attack and get the ball past the first line. <laughs> like, <laughs> if if the pl- the two players with the most passes on your team are your two centre-backs, then that means that the ball has just been by your goal the entire game and you just don't know how to progress it. It is ridiculous. Um, 
and and it's not the first time either. This one's particularly remarkable because it's in a big game and all. But multiple times throughout the season, Upamecano and well, or, or whoever the two centre backs are, average over seventy passes a game, which is so much. Literally, for, for a bit of context, West Ham on multiple occasions this season have won games with less than one hundred and sixty passes. So if if you're just like passing the ball back and forth between your back line with with nothing to do. Kimmich also usually gets a lot of passes, which is a little bit more positive without the context. That is just a triangulation between the two centre-backs and Kimmich. It's just going around in circles and they just don't know what to do with the ball. It is insane. So, you see Bayern in, in fourth, no, third in fact, level one points with Brucey Dortmund, who beat Hoffenheim 3-1. And what we have here, obviously, previously I've been quite vocal about how poor Dortmund have been. And obviously they, they still are poor, don't get me wrong. But it really begs the question, because of what teams above them are doing, such as Bayer Leverkusen, is Dortmund being underplayed because they're not looking as impressive because you have Bayer Leverkusen that are playing free-flowing football who are looking very strong in every sense of the game. They don't really show any weaknesses compared to Dortmund who are just casually grinding out wins against teams that are not even that good (laughs) compared to them. And, yeah, so Dortmund's next game, which will be the test, is against Union Berlin. Um, So it will be interesting to see how Dortmund are able to do against an Union side who, as I mentioned, struggling. And this is an Union side who haven't won in six games. So (laughs) if there's a time for Dortmund to lose a game, game, it's probably now. As I mentioned, Leverkusen are continuing to be in, like, free-flowing attacking football they beat Mainz 3-0 extend their lead to two points now their game at the weekend is against Cologne which is a bit of a derby it is a derby and it's quite interesting that this Leverkusen team week by week you generally believe they are the chosen ones you know they are the ones that can dethrone dethrone Bayern Um, because as I said they just look so strong in every aspect and they look like they're continually getting better week by week um Stuttgart continuing to also somehow match Leverkusen they beat Cologne 2-0 um they they have a challenge this weekend against Wolfsburg um who currently sit seventh and so this will be a big litmus test for Stuttgart because the only game they've lost is against Leipzig so far finally as I mentioned Mainz they're currently last in the table um which is karma after what they did at the end of last season. And now we will look at Italy, where, again, what we're most likely going to be looking at here is a, is a Milan title race. It's going to be Inter versus Milan. Um, they're currently level on points, with Inter only ahead on goal difference. They're already four points ahead of Napoli and Juventus. Um, Inter comfortably beat Salernitana 4-0 with Lautaro Martinez scoring all four goals. Um, and Milan beat Lazio 2-0. Rafael Leao got two assists. Well, on the other hand, uh, Juventus ended up drawing 2-0-0 with Atlanta, while Napoli beat Lecce 4-0. And Roma, obviously, we they're a constant talking point here, mainly because of how bad they're doing. Um, they did win at the weekend. They beat... Um, Frosinone 2-0 
And what's interesting is Romelu Lukaku scored again. So that does leave him with three goals in five games now. It does. I, he is balling. Um, his goals have been <laughs> his goals have been kind of nice as well. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I mean, he just he just does that, right? He's just a player that you don't know if he's gonna be good or not before you sign him. Because I mean, for the Belgian national team, he's I would say always turned up, except for that one game against Croatia um, in the World Cup, and that was an awful, awful match for him. Um, but other than that, he always performs for Belgium. And then obviously Anderlecht, Everton, he was fantastic. Uh, and then Man United's like, oh, this guy's great, let's get him, and he's awful again. And then Inter's like, actually, maybe we can, maybe, I, I can fix him. And they did. And then he, he basically wins in the league, uh, obviously with the help of the other people in this. Well, and then he basically wins in the league, obviously, uh, with with the help of others. But he, he played a very big role in that. Chelsea's like, perfect, this is the striker, we need to ruin him again. Uh, Inter go, we can fix him. They don't. Uh, and then Mourinho goes, I can fix him. And then he does, apparently. Hopefully, he keeps this up. So he's just one of those players where um, he's very situation dependent and motivation dependent. When he's like, when his mentality is good and when when he's in the right space, he does very well. And I hope he keeps this up because. Uh, but my controversial opinion is that I'm I'm a bit of a Lukaku fan. I I I do I I do see the good in him. So I I hope he can keep uh, he can keep bowling. Uh, obviously, Ro- Rome is still has a long way to go before um, they can be good again. But hopefully, uh, the Dybala ex Lukaku connection helps them. Uh, helps them get back on their feet. But well, it is currently working because as you, uh, Dybala did score twice or get two assists in this game. So what it does mean is is Roma currently thirteenth in the table. Um, obviously, they're still not looking that impressive, and they do currently find themselves a long way off the teams that they really should be challenging with. And yeah. So now we will have our anthem break and then we'll be back with La Liga. back from our anthem break where you just heard the Galatasaray anthem so Nick what do you rate it out of 10? I'm not gonna lie to you it, it's it's lit it it does go kind of nuts um it is a fun it's a fun anthem it's a strong anthem I'm giving it a 9 out of 10 uncontested uh, yeah I think it, it's a solid 9 out of 10 it's a it's fun it's it's a banger it really is the epitome of Turkish music I I, I want to listen to it in, this, in in the stadium one day so now we'll look at La Liga where a very in a way funny event happened at the weekend yeah so there was um some very interesting results in La Liga I guess to begin with the with the least exciting ones Atleti made a nice comeback against Cadiz they uh, were better throughout the game 
but went two 0 down in the first half hour just through good counterattacks from Cadiz. Um, and then Correa decided, you know what, I'm him, uh, and then he just scores two goals, builds up the second one, scored by Molina, who um, who won the game, and uh, and yeah, I had to go three points there. Um, Betis beats uh, Valencia three 0 Two teams that um, are trying to get on their feet. Betis were very good last season. Valencia were very bad last season. And now they're both mid. Uh, and trying to just kind of break that top of the table uh, region. But Betis kind of imposed themselves uh, over over Valencia. Um, and then a very interesting one uh, was the, the clash between... Well, a top of the table clash between uh, Girona who were first... Uh, and on uh, and flying super high, and Real Madrid, who are obviously title title contenders. Um, well, I mean Real Madrid just kind of <laughs> brought Girona back down to to reality and 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 showed them the level of of top of the table teams, um, and they just comfortably beat them three uh, 0 Once again, Bellingham did Bellingham things, and uh, he scored, and he was the best throughout the game. Uh, Joselu also scored. He's uh he's actually been delivering for for Real Madrid quite well. We've we've already mentioned him in the past how he he gets the job done. He's not the flashiest or the most impressive, but he he scores and that's his job and he's doing well. Chimeni once again showed that he's um, deserves to be starting every week for for Real Madrid. Not only did he score, but he was there uh, creating chances. He was there defending, distributing, just bossing it in midfield really. And then also uh, fantastic results. Um, there was the Basque derby. Everyone who who listens to this regularly knows I'm a huge fan of of this game. Uh, there's always a lot of tension, a lot of good football, uh, and a lot of energy from the fans. Uh, and the Real Sociedad, who have been uh, doing quite well as of late, kept up their good form and and smacked their their fierce rivals in a in a three 0 victory. I'm not gonna lie to you, Jack. I I'm pretty confident when I say this. Take Kubo right now is one of the top three players in the Liga right now. He is it. Um, he obviously scored today. Uh, he's been on great form. He had a. I, I would would recommend you you search up his celebration on YouTube. It was it was quite funny. He is basically taking the piss. Like 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 he knows he's better than anyone on Athletic Club's squad right now. Uh, on, he's better than anyone on Athletic Bilbao's squad right now, and he literally just twerked in them. It he it, for, for him this this is a piss game. Like he he, he creates so much. He wins that ball so much, um, and really, it's just a him versus versus the world. He he assists, he creates space, he scores. He's so agile. He sees space differently. I'm a, I'm a big fan of him, and and I think every Real fan is as well. So yeah, I mean, obviously, it wasn't just him. Lenormand also scored, and Oyarzabal, who was out with a with a long term injury, uh, for some time last season, um, has come back and obviously scored again this game, and he's just been quite good this season overall, uh, which is good news for. For Sociedad fans, um, and then <laughs> probably the funniest result uh, of the weekend was Barcelona versus Sevilla. Um, Barcelona was playing quite well, but they couldn't unlock Sevilla's defense. Uh, they're playing in in Barcelona, um, and so they they were dominant. and And it was one of those games where, um, as opposed to kind of the standard Xavi game where, oh, they, they play kind of mid, but then they clutch a goal. and It, it was the opposite of that. It was They were playing well, and they deserved to be winning. But the score was nil-nil. Um, and then Laminia Mala, who had once upon a time been the mascot for Sergio Ramos in a game like a decade ago, cuts down the wing, just puts in a, a fairly strong pass into the box. Uh, Sergio Ramos sticks his leg out, 
without without any awareness basically and just tamps the ball into his own net um and i think that's the funniest possible result for this game just ramos scoring an own goal to help uh, barcelona beat his childhood club is like the funniest anti-poetry you've seen in your life um so yeah i mean barcelona won uh it's sevilla and have a break in their momentum after they had been almost looking like they can break away from the relegation zone they're two points clear right now which is uh in- interesting but uh but yeah after last week's uh 5-1 win over over Almeria, they were really hoping to uh to keep up that form but uh but they just got dominated by barcelona and and deservedly lost and so they will be struggling from from here on out um next week uh, they'll be playing Rayo Vallecano, who are usually quite good. They're not the most consistent team, but they can definitely give them trouble. And Sevilla will definitely want to to hold out against uh, against that test if they if they want to actually improve this season, because they don't look that much better than last season. I'll tell you that the other weekend games aren't the most exciting. Granada plays Barcelona, Real Madrid play Osasuna, and Atleti play Real Sociedad, which is, to be fair, quite a good game considering their fourth and fifth respectively right now and yeah that's um the summary of la liga meanwhile in france funny things happened um yeah so obviously things psg are clearly in an odd situation right now i think you could argue that they're in a they're still in this transition period under luis enrique because obviously the whole drama about killing mbappe lasted for basically the whole summer and then obviously Rando Colomani only joined the team right at the end of the transfer window. So they're clearly experiencing this transition period still because here they are dominating a game against Clermont Foot, but they're not able to score despite the fact they have one of the best players in the world in the team as well as Colomani and Usmana Dembele. Well, whether you're in a tra- whether you're in a transition period or not. You need to score a goal, one one goal against categorically the worst team in the league. They were sitting last with maybe one point, and and then they they just take twenty shots, ten on target, and none of them are serious. It's it's insane. How do you not score? Um, on the other hand, Monaco beat Marseille three two, and so they regain their place at top of the table because Brest ended up drawing with Nice. So it goes Monaco, Brest, Reim, Nice, and then PSG in fifth. But the big talking point again is Lyon. They're now dead last after Clermontford's draw against PSG. They now sit dead last as they lost 2 0 to Reim. And genuinely, Lyon are an absolute mess, not only on the pitch, but off the pitch as well. Their whole shtick about having homegrown players and stuff where they sell them on and stuff. Obviously has worked for a while now, but it's no longer working. And they're no longer the team that they used to be. And if you look at like some of the transfer dealings and the clubs they're bringing players in from, it's not, it's not that impressive anymore. And it's clearly, there's clearly an issue. And obviously their owner's American, take that what you will. But since he's been in charge, they've, they've kind of collapsed as a team. And are currently languishing last. And as I mentioned last time, there's a complete op- possibility that they could end up in Ligue 2 last, next season, along with Saint-Étienne and Bordeaux. Yeah, honestly, because they do have some very good players. And I think the best course of action for these very good players is to dip in the winter transfer window. 
because the, the club is a mess and these two or three very good players can't carry this mess of a team on its on its own it's disorganized it it has patches of good quality and bad quality all over the lineup the manager is also not very good right now well i mean ryan cherokee Ch- is has been kind of lauded for a for a while now he's um he's kind of one of those players who looks like they, they can be uh, some of the best um, if they keep uh, if they keep improving like this, uh, so he for sure needs to to dip. Um, Taglifico also he came from Ajax and um, he's also generally quite quite a uh, quite good for Leon um, and he can also find himself a better club. And Taliso is um, well, I mean, Taliso I, can't I find him from club. his time at. Uh, uh, don't don't go don't go that route. There's a reason why he, he, he's fine. I I mean I I don't think he's Bayern quality, but I think he's I mean given Sevilla okay Sevilla I shouldn't have said Sevilla <laughs> Real Betis quality uh, or maybe some like mid Premier League club like you can stick him in I don't know maybe like West Ham or something okay West Ham's also quite good but but you know he's he's not a second division player uh, so the follow up to the to the uh, Feyenoord, um, to the Feyenoord Ajax situation, which last time the the game had to be cancelled because, uh, well, you know, m- maybe maybe not Ajax fans f- forced it to be uh, to be called off because they were losing so badly. It was continued uh, on Wednesday of last week, and of course, as soon as it was continued, uh, Santiago Jimenez scored a four 0 and they just kind of went home like that. And then this weekend, the Ajax game was once again called off, but this time for different reasons, uh, for, for not funny reasons. Uh, be- is because their opponent's goalkeeper uh, passed out and had to be taken to hospital. So for the second time in two weeks, Ajax have not been able to finish their game, which is a little crazy. Uh, so that is it for today. Please, thank you for listening. Please like us, follow us, subscribe, and we will be back next week. Yep, thank you very much, and we will see you later. Mm-hmm.